Another classic clash between United and Arsenal as we preview Game Week 8. Welcome back listeners to the FPL Surgery Podcast coming to you on the 1st of October 2019 heading into Game Week 8. We're going to be reviewing all that happened in Game Week 7. As usual, Pete aka Bully here joined by James aka the Iceman together we are Pierre Emmerich Icebamian welcome back the Iceman <laughs> thanks mate that was nice I enjoyed that enjoy that yeah it was good I've been thinking about that all week so very <laughs> pleased that you approved of that um, our guest this week is the leader of another partner of ours FF Hub aka Fancy Football Hub with three top 1k finishes great record Highest being 82nd, 355th, and 753rd. The other two. Welcome, Will Thomas, to the podcast. Hi there, gents. It's great to be on. Thank you very much for having me. Looking forward to getting stuck into some fancy football chat. Yeah, welcome, Will. Great to have you back on, Will. Um, how have you been faring since the uh, the last time we've spoken to you, just generally this season? Well, uh, it's uh, it's been a pretty painful one, to be honest. It's, um, yeah, been pretty much a start from hell it's yeah i'm i'm stuck at over three million right now which um yeah is not good for somebody who who plays who does fancy football full-time i can tell you that but um look i've had bad starts before not sure it's been quite this bad before but i've had plenty of bad starts and i'm still hopeful that i can pull it back and have a you know strong end to the season yeah what's the worst start you had and the highest finish you had do you reckon what's the what was the difference in the start and your finish it's, it's, it's one of those questions I get asked quite a bit, and I really wish I'd sort of kept a few screenshots. I do remember one year being a million at Christmas, and that was the year I came 753rd. So okay. I think that's, I had a really good run then. I think that was quite unlikely to happen, but it does give me some sort of hope that, you know, even if you are doing pretty bad, then you, you can still rack up a few green arrows in, the ro- in a row and change things around. Yeah, so it doesn't only give you hope, but it gives the listeners hope. I'm sure. I'm sure there's some people out there not having a good game week so far. So uh, you know, there's always potential. You can get there. Yeah, absolutely. How, how's your season's going? Yeah, not not too bad so far. I've had a slightly better start than I'd, I'd hoped for. Actually, anticipated. We'll get to our teams in a minute. Iceman, how are you feeling about it? Um, yeah, uh, it's kind of a, a middling season so far for me. I'm not anything spectacular. Not not anything too dire. Though. Yeah. So let's uh, let's talk about how we got on in our game weeks. First of all, Will, do you want to just give us a quick overview of how you did uh yeah as the, as the season is going so far it's not it wasn't a pretty one we got uh 44 points all out Salah coming in with a, a massive three points as captaincy I was half thinking about getting rid of Sterling so at least I didn't do that um I brought in Abraham who got me a, a nice two points I'm still holding my two free transfers so I've got a little bit of flexibility the strange thing is that I, I actually really like my team and mm. you know i I guess everyone says this when they when they do value, but I do feel quite unlucky to have had the run that I have had. You know, I've benched Lundstrom's points, I've benched Pookie's points, and I just keep getting those two the wrong way around. But, you know, at the same time, I'd rather be unlucky than have a bad team and have, be in a position to, you know, have them take loads of hits. So I'm not too despondent at the moment, and, uh, yeah, hoping to kick on next game. How about you guys? I'll go first, Iceman. So I, um, I got 54 this week. Um my main decisions were to, again, keep my strategy of banking on the big hitters in the city attack. So I had Sterling, De Bruyne and Aguero. Uh, Aguero semi-failed as captain, but in the grand scheme of things, unless you had Vardy and you captained him this week, you were greatly losing out on the other people. Skippered Mount I brought back in, that, that came to be good with six. And the Iceman, your Sionyu pick over the... Uh, 
the recent months has paid off with a nice six points. Yeah, it's just saying I just haven't actually got him yet. No, but you, it's great advice. <laughs> yeah. How, how about yourself, Iceman? Um, yeah, so I captain. I brought in Abraham this week. That was the only move I did for Barnes, and it paid off because Abraham got two points and Barnes only got one. Although I did captain Abraham, and yeah, it didn't kind of work. I mean, kind of unlucky. He did have the four big chances which he missed. I also had the decision whether to play Campwell or Rico, and just because Rico's returned the last couple of weeks with a couple of assists, I thought I'll play him over Campwell because I know Norwich isn't too good away from home. And yeah, he returned naught. So I finished on 54, so the same as you in the end. But I did get a slight green arrow. Mildly happy. I seem to be Mr. Average this season at the moment. But like Will, I really kind of like my team. So I mean, I've still got my wild card in my back pocket and I don't really want to, don't really want to touch it yet. Yeah, well, if you can use that as your advantage, uh, to your advantage rather, Iceman, as the uh, season goes on, it might give you a bit of a boost. Mm. I, I think I'll start with, uh, let's go to the FPL headlines this week. So number five is actually what to do after a poor start to the season. So we're going to refl- be reflecting on all our, our woes to date and how to come back from that. Other headlines, is it time to jump on Leicester assets? Great performance again at the weekend. Uh, should we be looking to bring in Callum Wilson? We mooted him last week, so we'll see what the thoughts are another game week on. De Bruyne, should he actually be captain now? And uh, people are removing Salah. Exasperation. Let's discuss that and find out why and if it's worth doing or not. So let's crack on straight with the uh, the FPL headlines. Leicester is, is a great talking point here. I've already mentioned you, but many more players to think about. So a couple of questions to get us kicked off. So Andy Lakeman has asked, is Ricardo a better right back than TAA? We'll answer that in an FPL context. If you had to triple up on Chelsea or Leicester, which would you choose? And let me hear your views on Vardy. So, well, let's come to you. Do you want to address the right back question first of all? Yeah, I think they're they're both very very good options. Uh, I would, you know, hesitate bringing a Leicester asset in this game week just because they they're playing Liverpool. But after that, they got a uh, a decent run. So, yeah, I think that Ricardo right back is a is a decent shout. And um, but you know, for me, Trent is. Is as I think we might have a little discussion later. He's he's one of the most essential players in the game for me. So I, you know, he's he just so offers so much going forward. And of course, Liverpool are great at those clean sheets. But then Le- Leicester have some good defensive stats as well. So I do think that um, I, I, as I said, I'll probably give it a week. But after this game week, uh, I think that both. You know, the right back and the left back of, of Leicester look like good shouts. What do you guys think? Yeah, I, I do agree. It's the question of whether or not Ricardo is better than TA, I don't think that's really a question. I looked at the stats, Pereira's only got the five attempts so far this season, whereas TAA's got nine, which is uh, second overall for defenders. And also, Pereira's only got the five chances created. TA's on a, on a whopping 23. So, yeah, it's not really a question about who the be- better option is there. Yeah, TA floors it. But, you know, Pereira's is one of those players which has got the ability to finish, really. He's got a better higher conversion percentage of shots than both Robbo and TA. So, that's the upside to him. He can score goals. I think he scored in the last two games. One of those players who can get you goals. And in this Leicester team, they are doing well in terms of statistics for defensively as well. So, yeah, it's not a question of who's better out of those two. I just think that Ricardo is a good option. Yeah, interestingly, just uh, I'm looking at the uh, transfers in today and Ricardo is the fifth highest transferred in player today in FPL. 
Trent's had four and a half thousand transfers in, Ricardo's on seventeen and a half thousand. Could well be because more people own Trent already, but interesting that he's got the momentum at the moment. Really liked his goal at the weekend. The the guy is just as good going forward as he is going back. So or perhaps even better going forward. So I think he's a, he's a great cheaper option. Let's answer the question about tripling up on City or Leicester then. So where do, where do you stand on this one, Will? If you had to trip up, triple up on Leicester or Chelsea. Oh, Leicester or Chelsea, you, yeah. Yeah. Who would you go for? Uh, if I if I had to choose the one at the moment, I think it would still be Chelsea, just because uh, you know they got such a, a lovely run of fixtures and. I, I like the Leicester assets. I'm just not completely, you know, they've got some really strong options there. But for me, you know, Chelsea, all of their players seem like considerably underpriced at the moment. You know, you look at the likes of Mount and Abraham and especially Abraham, you know, he, I know they, they didn't massively perform at the weekend. But, you know, his stats are just through the roof compared to, you know, someone like Vardy. I know Vardy scored a brace at the weekend, but... You know, you look at the, the the numbers behind it, and you look at their upcoming fixtures, and you just think that those Chelsea assets are, are going to be really good value over the coming weeks. I do think, though, that certainly, it's, you know, in terms of defence, then Leicester is a lot better. I know we touched on uh, Ricardo there, but you know, Leicester for so far this season, they're second for shots in the box conceded on 36 to only to Man United, and also second for big chances conceded. So. There's some good underlying numbers there, and they, they haven't actually had the easiest start of the season. So, as I said, once this Liverpool fix just uh, is over, sorry, then I think that yeah, time to jump on some Leicester assets. At the moment, I don't have any, and um, yeah, I've certainly got my eye on a few. What about you guys? Yeah, I, I do think it's closer than people think in terms of the, the stats and things. I mean, like Chelsea didn't kind of start too well defensively, but in the last four games alone, they've conceded 33 shots to Leicester's 32. So it's pretty close in terms of defensively. But Leicester are currently top the least for XG conceded so far this season and second to City for total shots. And yeah, over the last four, they're best for the shots conceded in the box as well. So they are doing really well, Leicester, in terms of their numbers. And they are actually top just above Burnley for big chances conceded so far this season on seven. There is a shout of, you know, you could go half and half I do like the Chelsea attack yeah, I do like the Mount and uh, Abraham I wouldn't necessarily do the triple up I would go maybe Suyonyu because you know that he's nailed over Tamori I know there's been some big things said about Tamori and Lampard really likes him and he looks to be the second centre back on the list apparently but you know that Suyonyu is going to play every game so you know it's a bit safer and got all those stats behind you as well whereas Tamori could be subbed out so for me it would be to go with Sionyu and Mount and Abraham do like Vardy it's not to say I don't like Vardy I think it's a good shout but in that price range it just it's a little bit out of reach for a lot of teams and like we've mentioned a few times these Leicester assets are more after this game week then you, you should be looking at them a little, a little bit closer yeah just finally Mad Hat has asked about um, our views generally on Vardy is there anything else you want to add about him Will? Uh, it just he—he's one of these players which um, you know you mentioned the the stats there, James. He's one of these players which he he never does well on the stats, does no, he? Like year on year, year on year, he's always low for the stats, but he, he's always high for the goals. So I think you do need to take his stats with a you know a pinch of salt. And um, that said, you know even taking you know even with his his pretty impressive goal scoring record without having the numbers behind him there are still uh there just seems to be better value options you, know, you look at the likes of callum wilson and abraham coming in with you know about a, a million cheaper so 
it's kind of difficult for me to to justify that little bit extra for Vardy. Although having said that, I, I can totally understand why people would do it. And um, you know, Leicester look like a great team. He he is on penalties, and you've got to be thinking he's going to be involved in you know a lot of the goals that they score. And they have got a decent run of fixtures coming up. So I think he's got a lot of positive going for them. Personally, for me, I, I'm not thinking about him just yet. But um, yeah, I think I think that he is a certainly a very very good option. Yeah, he, I have seen a stat, stat as well that Vardy scored the most goals since Rodgers actually joined Leicester than, than any other player. Yeah, like you say, there are other players in that bracket. I mean, like he's blanked in, in what, the last two, is it? And now he's scored. Now everyone seems to be looking at him. They do have some good fixtures. But remember when it used to be Vardy was mainly a player for the tough fixtures so that uh, Leicester can get him on the counter-attack. He has blanked four times this season. Whether or not you think they're good numbers, not quite sure. All of the teams which he is playing coming up, though, he has scored goals against in the past. So, yeah, there's a lot for him, but there can be a little bit against him as well. And in that price range, it's just not for me. But, yeah, if you can get him, why not? Okay, just before we move on, anything else to say on Leicester, Will? Any other players we haven't mentioned? Um... Yeah, I think that there are, um, you know, they've got a few decent midfield options, but there just seems to be like quite a, I don't know, when I look at positions for a, for a team, you kind of want one standout pick. And uh, I, I don't really see that there is one. You know, you've got the likes of um, Perez, Tielemans, Madison. But it's when there's loads of players that are sort of um, vying for your attention, then that's when I sort of tend to go for the one that really stands out in that position which would be Vardy so if I was going to go for left out yeah I think I'll go for Vardy rather than one of the midfielders what about you guys yeah I think same for me I'd agree with that just uh, one one final quick answer chats we've had a, a question from ex-surgeon uh, the Woodman Woodsy he's asked is VVD to Pereira over the next five game weeks a good option nice man no, I would probably rather go see on you if I'm going to drop down and spread the cash you heard it here first Woodsy Listen well. <laughs> right, I think um, the, the talk about Vardy there would actually lead us nicely into the next headline because Vardy holds that annoying mid-price bracket for a striker. Second headline, should we be looking to bring uh, in Callum Wilson? Um, I think that's a really nice shout. Will, do you want to say more on that? Yeah, he's he's one of these players which I I touted very much at the start of the season. He was in my, um, in my team for the start of the season and I think he got Two, he got two scores of five in the first two games, and apparently I thought that that wasn't good enough, and mm. promptly shipped him shipped him out. And since then, I've regretted it because he's been gone on a, a really nice scoring run, and I think he's the only player uh, to score in every single game week this season. So he's uh, yeah one of those players which I definitely regret taking out. Having said that, you know, think that there is you know i still i if i even though even if i were to choose now between abraham and callum wilson i would still probably go with abraham just because of the numbers the chances he's getting you know playing for that chelsea team who looked so attacking i would probably lean towards him but i you know i think that callum wilson is a great shout and um he he's definitely someone that's on my watch list. Just to correct you on that, he hasn't scored in every. Uh, Sorry, he scored FPL points in every game. You're on. Yeah, but um, I think Aguero has and uh, Aubameyang has. I have heard that stat elsewhere, and I just thought, well, ah, where have I picked that up from? People, yeah, yeah, I have heard it as well. But um, oh. there are a few others that have scored as well. But yeah, he's he's very consistent, and it is the uh, the fourth consecutive game that he's actually scored a league goal and for the first time in his career. So. He could have actually had a lot more points in the last game. He had the six attempts. So the numbers have 
kind of come up within the last game. He wasn't really shooting that much. I know he got that open goal just from that mistake in the game before. But yeah, he had a chance saved by Roberto. Well saved. Just been so consistent. And Bournemouth are still up there on in terms of shooting stats. And they've got some good fixtures to come as well. And Bournemouth, they've got the best goal conversion over the last four out of all the teams. So they are doing pretty well. He's got 46 points so far this season, and that is uh, 6.57 points per game. So it's pretty good for a 7.9 striker. So if he, I, I worked out, if he actually continues this run, he would finish on 249. I mean, like, is that s- sustainable for a striker like that, for playing for Bournemouth? I'm not quite sure. I think there, there's been an element of luck to his points so far this season. Not saying he's not a viable option, because he is. With the fixtures that they've got, you know, you can see him scoring points. But again, he's in that kind of price mark, 7.9. It's a wild card type thing, isn't it? If you've got the wild card, then maybe you'll be looking at him. But for me at the moment, I'm not going to downgrade Aubameyang to, to bring him in. If he were to wild card, who would be your three forwards then? I think he won't be in it. I think it would be Aubameyang, Pookie and Abraham. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, because um, you're a big fan of Aubameyang, so he's not your ice man. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm still, on, I'm still on Kun, but he's uh, he's played tonight, so that's created a bit of a dilemma, which we'll uh, we'll come to as we as we move to the next question. I imagine I've, I've been a huge fan of Callum Wilson this season. I think he's got uh, as a provider as well as a, a goal scorer. He's a great option. He is returning as well as Firmino this season, and is cheaper. And I would argue over the course of the season that he'll be probably as good as Vardy. So I think he's a great shout at this point. Yeah, but Billy, who who would your three strikers if you could wildcard now? Who would your three well? I, I'm still. If it feels biased because he's in my team, but just the form of Aguero, I would still go with him for the run of fixtures. I'm going to say Abraham. I would say, yeah, probably would still be Pookie. There isn't anybody else who's convinced me enough yet in that kind of lower striker price bracket to to go over him. So that would be my three. And what about you, Will? Yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? I I think it would be... Abraham would definitely be in there. It would be... I I think I would actually go uh, Aguero and... Yeah, the final one would be between Callum Wilson and Pookie, probably. It's not easy. There's loads it's of strikers easy. at the moment. I'm looking yeah. at the you know the top twenty scorers, and I think most of them are strikers. So we didn't have it last season where we had this amount of options up front. So it is becoming a lot more difficult to choose that strike force. Uh, just again, just looking at the the transfers in data, Josh King is actually um, favoured over Wilson at the moment. He's getting more transfers in. Why do you think that might be? Well. Um, it's a good question. I think it's probably, it's got to be price, isn't it? Mm. Um, I can't really see any major justification for that. I think people have seen that Pookie's not been delivering the last few and then, you know, moved down. They can't move up to, to Wilson. Yeah, so I mean, uh, King's only 10 points behind Wilson. He's 1.3 million cheaper. So yeah, possibly faith in the Bournemouth attacking performances this season. Okay, I won't, I won't keep us dwelling on Wilson for too long, chaps. We need to get into City chats. So De Bruyne, should we be captaining in him? So Chris Tan has asked, looking forward to the 90s debate, are we being uh, greedy chasing mega halls when it comes to captaincy? Would it be better in the long run just to go with someone steady that rarely blanks, i.e. KDB? And then Bison, aka Mark, has asked, what's the best way to avoid captain blanks? Do you have any practical tips? Yeah, well, what do you think about that? The idea of just the fact that KDB is going to probably notch eight or nine points a week, sometimes haul big. Uh, is that a better tactic than going with someone that's got a high, higher ceiling, maybe? What are your thoughts? 
Um, I'm not sure the person to come to on this because I think <laughs> I've had a, quite a few captaincy blanks this season. But I think we um, all have. Yeah, yeah, and no, it's it's not been not been pretty. I do think that KDB is a he's a good captaincy shout. You know, I don't know whether it's a psychological bias or whatever, but I do always sort of favour ones which I think have a higher season ceiling. Now I know that KDB he, he's got some big calls this this season, but um, I still think that Sterling and Aguero have higher ceilings in them. So I, I would favour that, and I. I you know, I, I did also see that KDB's got um, a knock today, so we've got to keep an eye on that one. And it, you know, he, he potentially could miss the weekend. At, you know, we're recording this on Tuesday, so I'm sure we'll find out a bit more towards the end of the week. But yeah, as a in general, um, I think there is sort of merit going for the more consistent route. But you know, as a as a player of a game, I, I always want to take uh, the the route which I think can score the most points and has a high ceiling. And yeah, maybe that's a bias that I need to correct. But um, well, I don't know worked, what about worked, you guys? It's worked for you in the past, has it not? So maybe the, that's why you're continuing. Yeah, it has. And um, I think that you know, just because we've had a a few big blanks that have come up in recent weeks i think we've still got to you know trying to you know look at the bigger picture and think that you know if you if you were to go back over the last few seasons and look at the most consistent captaincy performers and they are actually going to be the likes of salah and sterling so i do think that you know we've, there is a certain recency bias that we we have over in FPL, which we also need to be aware of. Yeah, I mean, like the consistency of KDB, Aubameyang, Aguero, etc. It does make you think maybe just keeping the captaincy on one of these would be the best way. But yeah, we didn't really predict that it would be this consistent at the start of the season. Like, you know, we've gone with the stats, we've gone with the scoring betting odds. And, you know, and, you know betting companies give those good odds because they believe those players will be scoring. You know, there's money riding on it. They they have professionals that are paid to compile these odds. So, yeah, I think we've been kind of consistently unlucky with this in a way. I mean, I know we've, we've kind of picked the, the player which has been high, highest of the betting odds and we all think is going to score because they're playing a weak team. Almost think that maybe we're almost hitting gambler's fallacy now, like thinking surely the next game maybe KDB will regress and it kind of doesn't look like he's going to though. I mean, I'm not really giving a concise answer here. I'm just kind of listing kind of what's happened. But of course, in the last game, you know, KDB, he got a little bit lucky with that fancy assist. He got fouled and Mara scored the free kick. But if he didn't get fouled, then he would be below Sterling for the captaincy this week on like six points. But yeah, he is a captain option now, KDB, and he hasn't always been before. I still think, like you say, Will, you've got to go with what you believe, you know, the stats, the fixtures, the betting odds, and just go for the highest haul possible. And you, you always want that biggest haul. It's, a captaincy can change a rank significantly. And it's when you hit it, and then you just shoot up like a million places is when it really happens. Whereas if you're going to be captain, captain in these consistent players like KDB and he just scores, like say six points, I know he hasn't, but if he continuously scores six points, then you're not going to shoot up, are you? You're just going to move up slightly. If that makes any sense. Yeah, no, it I does. think that does. Yeah. And I spent with your uh, performance as a captain picker last season. I think that's, that's great advice. But it's not going well this season. <laughs> well. <laughs> Okay, so uh, yeah, so interesting insights there into how the chaps have managed their captaincy choices. Uh, speaking of a regular captain choice, the next headline, people are removing Mohamed Salah. So Stephen Cookson has said, is Salah still essential? If I take him out for Madison, great fixtures, I can swap IU for any striker but Aguero. Um, so the point there being that I think for a lot of managers, if they take out Salah, 
one or two positions in the team become a lot stronger. Um, Solomon Ronjon has also asked, any of uh, the surgeons fancy Aubameyang over Salah for the next five, given Arsenal's fixtures? Hashtag up the pod. Yeah, interesting one, Mohamed Salah this season, isn't it? Because he, he's still scoring highly. He's one of the uh, top performers in FPL. But again, for the price, I think we're all expecting higher. So, Will, have you, have you got Salah at the moment? So I might have missed if you mentioned it earlier. I do, yeah, I do have him. And um, I actually, I took him out earlier in the season and he, he went on and scored, uh, I think it was a brace. I took him out in, in game week three and then I brought him straight back in and since then he haven't really hit, hit the ground running. So I haven't quite timed my owning of Salah, but every time I take him out, he absolutely smashes it. He did it to, to me the same last se- season. I took him out before his hat trick. So I've, I've got a bad record of taking him out when he, he goes on and uh, does very well. So I, I think he's got to stay in the team for me. He, his numbers aren't through the roof. Liverpool do have some tricky upcoming fixtures, but I still think that he, you know, he's going to score a lot of points. And But yeah, I, for me, I'm not looking to take him out, but I completely understand why people would, especially as he's not going to be your captain for the next few weeks because of those fixtures, or he's unlikely to be. And uh, yeah, someone like Aubameyang, uh is does look like a, a solid option. So yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a wafty answer that one. But I, for me, I think I, I'm staying with him. But I don't think he's essential. So in answer to the question, <laughs> I, I do like that wafty answer. That was nice. Yeah, the, <laughs> the, uh, the just to answer the Solomon Ronjon, I took out Salah a couple of weeks ago and brought in Aubameyang. And at the moment, I've actually scored more points from it. So I've looked at the fixtures and kind of thought, well, I see Aubameyang scoring more over these fixtures until, what was it, game week 13? I mean, Salah should have scored a one-on-one in the last game, really should have scored that. He is joint top for midfielders for shots in the box over the last four with Mane, Sterling and Richarlson. So, you know, it's not, it's not terrible. Only two big chances there where Mane's on four. Didn't really look at it at Sheffield though. I definitely should have scored that goal, but you know, maybe that Mane moan has really affected him in some way. I think we do need to think about more of the mentality of players a bit more and whether or not that is going to affect him. As soon as that happened, I did say in our Slack channel that, oh, maybe that's going to affect Slack. Maybe it has, not saying it definitely has, but you know he's going to score goals though. That's the problem. And transferring Salah out could backfire as Will has experienced. You know, make sure you are aware of that. But if you're a fixture based player like my Myself, who I've already made the move, so you know, go for it. Yeah, another reason I removed him, which people don't really think of, is there is a lack of depth to Liverpool's options. There isn't anyone that can match him and Mane in the, those positions, so they will be played a lot, especially around these tough fixtures in Champions League. And I know Klopp doesn't really like to attack games like City do. Yeah, he can go two goals ahead and maybe go down a gear and just, you know, chill out and make sure that all the players are just going to reserve their energy, etc. You know, something which I don't really see a lot of people raising that, you know, that thought of you know, City go out and attack teams and really score, what, eight goals like they did against Watford. You don't really see Liverpool doing that. Also, could Salah be at risk of burnout? I mean, he's played three seasons on the trot now and he's also played that with the African Cup of Nations. It could be a case of like the Sanchez effect where, you know, where Sanchez just was terrible towards 
the end of Arsenal career and Man United. You know, that, that is a factor which some people don't actually think about. If you got burnt last year and are fearful that it's going to happen again, it's totally understandable. But I think you, you do need to judge it on this year's data. And I think you've brought Salah back in after, what, the 15-point pull which he scored against Arsenal, the two goals, which, he, yeah, he did look good. And it was definitely a reason to keep him. And I was on the same boat. But the last few games, he hasn't looked like he's going to smash it every game, has he? He does look like he's still going to score. But... um. He hasn't looked amazing, whereas I, I've just looked at Aubameyang and thought, well, he just looks like he's going to score every game. He could score two or three. So that's kind of my reasoning for doing that. Also, I did see that Magnus Carlsen sold Salah for Son, and he's sitting at an overall rank of 93rd. So there are other people doing it. Yeah, I'm keeping the faith at the moment. I've got to say, I've, uh, I'm still worried he's going to come up with a haul or something in a week when I get rid of him, because that happened to me last season, so I'm... Still uh, being tainted by last season's bias, unfortunately. Well, after I've, I've said all that, you know it's going to happen, don't you? <laughs> of course, of course. Okay, uh, well, speaking of uh, poor starts to the season, our next headline is what to do after a poor start to the season. So a couple of questions, well, a question to go with this, Joanne Anderson. Uh, I think it'll be interesting to listen to your thoughts about strategy and maybe the change in strategy if you've got a good or poor start to the season. Also, strategy when it comes to hits. Why are most people with podcasts so afraid of hits early in the season? I didn't actually realise that was a trend, Iceman. I don't think it is. I've taken a couple of hits this season, so he's not been paying attention to our podcast is what I'm saying. Well, actually, I've taken no hits this season, so so, but I've just realised I'm, I'm part of that problem. Oh, so, yeah, problem. Uh, apologies. Uh, Will, okay, how do, you, how do you come back from a poor start to the season? What's the strategy? Let's start off if you're lower down. Um, yeah, To be honest, this is a really boring answer, but my strategy is pretty much the same wherever I am in in the in the rankings, and it's pretty much just to get the most points as possible. (laughs) It's Uh, almost don't pay attention to overall rank, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. So I I really don't pay attention to overall rank. I go with players who I think are going to score the most points. And look, there are there are just so many different combinations of players that you can have. And you look at the most owned players that are probably around 50% ownership. You think that, well, if that player does well, even though he's one of the most owned players, then I'm still getting a rank boost over 50% of the players in the game. And if you have a couple of those players, then you're getting a rank boost over 75% of the game. So to me, I'd never look for differentials for differential sake. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not saying that there there's obviously going to be really, really good picks who I go for, which are lower owned but i don't go for them because they are loaned i go for them because they are good picks yeah that's pretty much always been my strategy and you know as, as i said uh early in the podcast there was one million at christmas a few years ago and i did bring that back to top 1k finish so and that was doing exactly what i always do i didn't go for more differential picks i didn't go for more differential captains i just went for you know the the, the same strategy which i always do which is go for the players who i think are going to score the most points uh, yeah, pretty boring answer, but that's kind well, the, the, the of the proof what, what is in the pudding. There, really, isn't it? You've you've had it where you've been down, and you just stuck to that strategy. Still, I mean, it's, it was going to be the same as me. My simple answer is the method that has worked before 
like continue it. Yeah, if you've had a method which has worked, whether or not you started the season with that method and you've continued it, just continue doing that if you know it works. I mean, like you don't need to, like you say, you don't need to go around looking for massive differences. Just con- continue bringing in the players you think will score high. Like you say, it is almost that simple. Not the players which like are low percentages. You know, you think normally these differentials, if they're going to continue scoring, they soon don't become differentials, do they? Like they, these players which are differentials soon become well owned, so they're they're not differential anymore. So if you bring in these players early, take like Pepe for example. You know, a lot of people saw the potential in him and thought right well we'll bring him in and he looked absolutely terrible against Man United you know I know a lot of people play the game to kind of enjoy it and they enjoy trying these punts but they don't always work you know how often does that work I know it makes you really happy when these punts pay off but ask yourself whether or not how many of these punts have actually worked for you it's like one in what six Maybe so often, maybe that ratio. I mean, I think it is the good way to play is to minimise risks as much as possible and just go for the most consistent players, the players with the good fixtures, the form. Follow what you know consistently works. So I just continue doing that. And if it's still like that at the end of the season, then, you know, maybe try something different towards the last final third of the season. But just do what you know works and go for the consistent players. Yeah, I think that can be sort of a, an almost... A very dangerous downward spiral, isn't there? Where you get behind and then you you look for more differential picks, and actually that gets you further behind, and yeah, then you, you start going for more differential captains, and it, it just goes it just goes really bad really quickly. Mm. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm hoping that I'm going to try and avoid that mistake, but I know it is a common one that people get into. So, chaps, that leads us into the hotly anticipated guest opinion: the Ice Man will argue. Are you feeling ready this week, Iceman? Um, yes. What was the what was the Twitter consensus from last week in your uh, battle against Tom? Yeah, I won. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, in terms of performance at the weekend, you definitely won. Uh, yeah, definitely. I came up with two. So let's see. So I think it's one for one at the moment. Guest versus Iceman. So you know the rules. Ninety seconds. Our guest Will is going to present an argument, and then each contestant will go backwards and forwards for ninety seconds will are you ready to present your argument i am okay so i'm going to start the clock you can make your opening statement and then iceman argue off we go okay so my opening statement is trent is the most essential player in the game so i don't mean that he is essential i don't believe that any player is is essential but you know looking at the numbers looking at the the figures his x a expected assist is 2.53 that's third for overall players he's got brilliant numbers across the board which would be you know pretty impressive for a midfield or even a forward compared to some of his stats and of course he plays for the defensively sound Liverpool but KDB is the best player in the league he is more essential uh, KDB is a, a great pick, no doubt. But Trent, he, you know, in terms of the value that he offers compared to KDB, I still think that he is uh, the number one. Well, pick. actually, the the points per million for KDB is actually currently at six point three, whereas TAA points per million is at five point one four. And I rounded up for the last number there. Yeah, but if you look at the expected data, then TA is uh, actually underperforming his expected data. So I, I think that, you know, based on that and based on the figures, and KDB is actually overperforming his expected data quite considerably. So uh, I would expect that those trends to reverse. Uh, well, KDB is set to reach 342 points if he averaged the same ratio throughout the season, beating Salah's record, whereas TA is only meant to averagely reach 200 points. 
you're using the same argument there, James. <laughs> it's, uh, if you look at the expected data, you, you've got to go on the, the numbers that have been previously, not just the overall points. If you look at the expected data, then um, Trent should come out uh, only just below KDB. So I think that there is a strong argument to but, that but he's... Liverpool uh, that is 90 uh, seconds, chaps. 90 seconds uh, I think are up. I think you've won that. I couldn't, I couldn't get uh, out all my points. I think you've won it too. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's put it to the community again. Who won the debate? Both raised some good points there. Be interesting to see what our listeners think. So, chaps, let's get on to our, our final questions now. So, we, we spent quite a lot of time on the initial topics. So, let, let's get through these and see what the listeners would like to know. So, first of all, the Hitman has asked, what are your thoughts on hudson Adoy as an alternative to Mount? Um, I don't even, yeah, I don't even consider players that have only had one appearance. So, um, yeah, it's not not one for me. Yeah, I'm the same. Yeah, if, as soon as we see Hudson Odoi get maybe four starts or so in a row, and you're a bit short on cash, then then maybe yeah, there's no reason to move off Mount. He's been given plaudits on match of the day, even by Lampard as well. So he's just going to continue, I think. Okay, and uh, Gavin Bradley, following on from that, has asked, would you bring in Mount for Anderson despite missing all of his price rises? Uh, yeah, I would actually. Um, I'm not, you know, I think you've got to look at the the player at his current price, and I think that Mount is still very, very good value. He's still got good numbers, and he's got great fixtures. So yeah, I think he's still a good pick. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so following on from Gav Bradley's question, Alex asked about uh, Callum Hudson-Odoi, and I think we've covered that. Alan Duffin, Aguero benched, fellas. Do I stick or twist? And he didn't, well, he, he did start tonight in the Champions League. So would you be nervous about that, Will? Um, I think that, you know, you're, you are going to get rotation amongst the City assets. And for me, I, I, I would stick with Aguero. If I have him, I don't have him. But he's someone that I would very much like in my team. So for me, I think it's uh, if you've got him, definitely stick with him. Yeah, and I agree. He had a niggle before the last game, so that's why he was benched. And I think he starts most of their home games, and that's where he scores most of his points as well. Yeah, he did get taken off tonight after 89 minutes, so not completely burnt out. Um, <laughs> Sterling, on the other hand, managed to come on at 56 minutes and get a goal and an assist. So the man is bang in form. Captain um, I'd probably stick with, well, I'm going to stick with Aguero, but I still think you'd be safe for the weekend, personally. Yeah. Um, Helmo, who is the premium striker pick, or Bamiyang, Kane, or Kun? Interesting. Where, where do you fall on this, Will? Um, uh, I think it's probably between Aguero and Aubameyang, and I would I would actually lean towards Aguero still, you know. Uh, probably not the, the best pick for this weekend, given that he, he might be benched, although I still, you know, as, uh, as James said, I still think that he will start, especially those home matches. So uh, for me, it is Aguero, although I think Aubameyang's a, a nice shout as well. Yeah, I think I agree. I do like Aubameyang, but um, there's something about this Arsenal team which... They, they don't provide enough. I think Aubameyang just kind of creates it out of nothing sometimes. And if I could go the two, it would be Aguero. But I would do that based on not having Sterling. So I do have Sterling. So it's Aubameyang for me. But I can see why, why it's uh, Aguero for others. Yeah, I think just based on form and the fact City is steamrolling all in front of them, it's still can, but there's a strong case there for Aubameyang. Birdman. So, will Fabianski's injury mean the Allison effect befalls West Ham's defence? 
Um, I think that I wouldn't really look at West Ham's defence, even <laughs> if Fabianski was in it, if I'm perfectly honest. No. It's not something which would really affect my FPL picks. But um, yeah, I wouldn't look at uh, West Ham. And I think Fabianski is a good keeper, so definitely not if he's out. Yeah, I agree. So uh, some of which I kind of mentioned last week. We had a question from Ollie Lewinsky, kind of the same lines, and just look at the clean sheets that they've had against. Whereas it was Norwich, loads of injuries. Villa who lost to Arsenal with only ten men, and United who are just terrible. So they've only got clean sheets against really bad teams. So uh, yeah, not not for me. I'm not going forward. No, equally not interested. Scouse Mouse, great name that, have asked, uh, what's your policy on jumping to conclusions based on silly sample sizes? Things like X always scores against Palace, even though it's based on five games. Or is it all we can do because you rarely get large sample sizes in FPL? So a nice stats question there, Will. What do you think about that? I think that's a really good question, actually. And um, it's one that uh, I'm not too sure on. I don't have the answer. I think that... In general, it's not something that I look at, but I, I would love somebody to do a bit of research on this, you know, to see if there is sort of some sort of uh, causality between the games that they've previously played against specific teams. But I don't know of any research that, that is out there at the moment. But I, I do think there is probably a little bit in it, just probably from a psychological perspective. You know, if a player is going into a certain team and they they know that they've scored well in previous matches that might give him a slight edge but in general it's not something which i really pay too much attention to what about you guys i do think it does count for something i mean like, you look at like the likes of kane he always scores against arsenal and that's almost a fact he always scores against arsenal some players do like certain teams guero there was a, a rumor he hasn't scored against everton for a while as well and he doesn't I do think you need to take notice of it I mean I I look back you could kind of use this for teams as well I look back at all the City games that they played against I think it was Watford Bournemouth Brighton uh, and I just looked at the amount of goals that they scored within the last five games and it was like above three goals a game and it came around that they did score quite a lot of goals, especially against Watford. So I do think it does count for something. You've got to look at it. Maybe teams like that certain area. There are certain things maybe playing away from home, maybe at Watford, maybe City likes them going down to, to London, something like that. could be anything. It could be loads of factors that actually come into play when these teams are constantly scoring. All these players are constantly scoring against this one team. I do think that you need to pay attention to it. I would love to see that as well. If anyone could come up with... Um, whether or not that does work. Uh, I, there was some stats regarding Vardy. Uh, I can't remember who the, the tweeter was, but he was saying how he scored against Liverpool and all of his upcoming games, he's scored a, a few goals against them. So it'll be interesting to see if that, that comes true, actually, for, for Vardy alone. Yeah, interesting. So we'll see how that pans out across the course of the season, see if we can build a bit more data to make more accurate conclusions on this. FPL Classico. So, what are your? There's a few questions here. What are your thoughts on Dilva Bilva and Mares? I have a transfer plan where if I get Sionchu instead of the best lesser defender Pereira, Dilva instead of the informed Mares, I'll soon afford Aubameyang, Vardy, Abraham, KDB, Solomon Mount. Mane to one of those Man City midfielders will be done this week. Yeah, so that that's actually quite a nice team to get to actually with what they've got lined up there. Do you think that's a decent strategy, Will? Yeah, no, it seems like a pretty decent strategy. In terms of, you know, what my thoughts on Dilva, Bilva and Mahrez, I think it slightly depends whether De Bruyne is 
ruled out. Sounds like it's not a serious injury. I do think that Bernardo Silva's probably the pick if it isn't serious. I do think that Mares might get more game time over the coming weeks, and I think that he's probably the most threatening out of the three. So if he can get game time, then he's probably the pick of the bunch. But yeah, so yeah, not an easy choice out, probably between uh, David, uh, sorry, Bernardo Silva and Mares, if I had to choose there. What about you? Yeah, I think I think Mares would be the one to go for there. I mean, very involved. I know he scored the, the free kick. He should have had an assist as well for uh, Gundogan, as well as the assist that he got. I think he has kind of cemented that right wing position at the moment. The obvious problem is his minutes. He's not started three of the last seven so far this season. So, you know, you look at where he has scored as well, and it's it's actually in the 5-0 thrashing of West Ham, the 8-0 thrashing of Watford, and then, you know, the 3-0 win against Everton. It's only scoring from a free kick. So that is something to think about there. But I do think that he'll play. But you look at Bilver, he scored a hat-trick in the game before. He didn't start in the last game. So you never know of this, do you? I mean, knowing that Mahrez hasn't started three of the last seven games is off-putting. I do think the KDB thing is going to affect it slightly, but I think that's more going to affect Dilva rather than Mahrez and Bilver. It's not for me. I, I still prefer the, the assets, which we know are going to consistently start. I know Sterling and Aguero have missed minutes recently, but they've only missed the one game, so I can't see them missing three like Mahrez has. Yeah, interesting. Notorious FPL was asked, should I stick or twist with the trio of KDB, Sterling and Aguero? Well, I, I can already say that I am going to do that because that's worked pretty well for me in the last few game weeks. Slight nerves about Aguero at the weekend, but uh, I'm, I'm going to give it another go. Uh, well, what, what would you say about that's a lot of money invested in Man City attack, isn't it? Yeah, it's brave, but I like it. And um, yeah, I definitely wouldn't suggest anybody should take out any of those three. So yeah, go for it. Yeah, I, I agree. Also, Aguero is kind of a captain option this game week and game week 10 and 11, I think, as well. So you're covering all the captain bases, really. Yeah, you're, gonna, you're probably going to get something off one of those three or yeah. two of those three even. So, yeah, I think st- go Pro City. They're in great form at the moment. Don't overcomplicate it. Questions about Arsenal. Wow, what, what a treat. I didn't think we'd, uh, we'd have these for a while. FPL Greek, great point this one. Is Leno worth a punt at 5 million? He's only point more for... Then Pope and Arsenal, great fixtures, including three of the next four at home. On a personal level, I don't trust that back four, but but Leno is certainly looking great as a keeper. What do you think about that, Will? Um, I, I kind of agree with you, to be honest. I think, Leno, yeah, he, he looks like a pretty solid keeper, but Arsenal, in terms of their numbers, they're pretty low down in all of the, the key sort of metrics that you'd look for in terms of, you know, shots in the box. They're almost double the likes of Man United and Leicester so far this season and they're below the likes of Burnley as well so yeah I wouldn't be looking to bring in an arse keeper I think there are better options out there yeah he, he is actually top for saves at the moment then just above Lloris so both of our teams doing really well for shots and, and saves at the moment mm-hmm. um, but we do have Tierney coming back we do have Bellerin as well and Holding coming back so there is hope but too risky at the moment we are conceding far too many shots as you mentioned yeah we're right up there on expected goals conceded as well and yeah it's just not looking great is it for Arsenal defence and playing it out from the back just isn't working so anytime there could be a goal so yeah I'm, I'm the same I just would stay away yeah FPL Avid so I love this one hi guys hope you're well 
you two avids. Firstly, I'm alive after three years in the dark. Welcome back, Avid. Would love to know where they've been during that time, but welcome back. Um, do you reckon Arsenal's defenders have become an option with a fixture swing, particularly Tierney at 5.4 million? I feel with Bellerin back too and holding maybe taking over Socrates, Louise soon, they might be viable. I've just seen that Tierney has just had a setback on his injury as well. Tierney's not an option, FPI, but let's look at the other players. And no, I wouldn't. Uh, Sakatis or Louise could lose their position at any time. Bellerin not back to full fitness, so you don't know if he's going to have another injury, and Holden's barely played, so yeah, not for me. Yeah, I agree, really. Okay, straightforward on that one. FPL rubber ducky. I feel like I will end up using my wildcard for no particular reason. At some point, my team is struggling around 1 million, but reasonably happy with my team. I feel I only complete rethink of my approach to FPL this year would want me using the wildcard. For your information, my team is below, but you can't see it because we're recording this podcast. (laughs) Um, I think you, you kind of touched on this idea earlier, Will, that you actually don't like your ranking but you quite like your your team would you give any advice on that basis yeah i think that uh you know quite a, i'd like to think i've been a bit unlucky and maybe um fpl rubber ducky has been a bit unlucky as well so i don't think that if you're not massively performing and obviously he, he's doing all right you know one million isn't a, a terrible rank to have at this stage so yeah just keep with it really and um i'm sure the the players will come along i know that those still holding their wild card james you might be able to help help me out on this but there is an option to to the upcoming liverpool i think they have a blank and then a double so they might be able to get some reward out of that but i i don't actually know too much about that maybe you guys can help me out a bit more yeah well, I, I would play as and when when you need it there, there is you know that liverpool are gonna blank and then we don't know when that double game is going to come up but they will be blanking at some point so uh i would just hold it for now if you've got a good team i've got a decent team at the moment i'm languishing around uh, 800,000 at the moment but i can still see myself going up with this team so i'm not scared i'm not just gonna randomly wildcard just for the sake of it i'm gonna need to want to make loads of changes before i even start to, to press that button but yeah I'm, I'm nowhere near it at the moment um i i have made moves where i've got the wildcard in my back in my back pocket so yeah, I don't know if whether or not I would have made that Salah out move and Aubameyang in if I didn't have the wild card, knowing that I could get Salah back in for game week 13. But not to say that I'm definitely going to do that. But I just think play it when you need to. Don't don't rush it too much. Yeah, good advice there, chaps. Chris Tan, is it sensible to have a player when you can only really rely on at home, a.k.a. Pookie? So that's an interesting one for the weekend because... A lot of people, myself included, are at the stage now where we could go Pookie to Abraham or someone around that price. People go to Josh King, for example. But do we rely on him or trust him rather just for one more week against Spiller at home? I think Pookie's a great option. You know, he, he's proved it so far this season with his goals. He's got good numbers. He's got a great fixture this weekend. Can we rely on him away from home? You know, I think that um, he he can still score away away from home. You know, he scored at Liverpool at Anfield at the opening day. So players always going to be better at home. But I still think that Pookie does offer uh, potential away from home. And uh, I, I'm certainly happy to, to play him in the away matches. So Cantwell has also got, yeah, he's averaged 0.6 shots uh, at home. And he's averaged double uh, the shots away from home at 1.2. So... Uh, I think the Norwich definitely, you know, obviously most teams, especially, you know, ones that are promoted are going to average more shots at, at home and are going to be stronger at home. But I still think that their assets do offer potential away from home. 
So uh, yeah, I think we still think that Puki and Cantwell have have options uh, are good options, and and you can play them away from yeah, home. They were, they were good away from home against Liverpool as well. Yeah, Puki, Puki got that goal, and they were quite attacking. So they've got three in the next four, all at home as well. So if you are keeping him just because he's at home, why not? Like he, he has got some good stats. He's got double digit in every single home game he's played. So yeah, we'll see on. Six goals for the season, so all five at home and one away. Yeah, I would stick for now. Um, see how he gets on after the next four, and then decide from there. Okay, next question: Football Sagat. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> how many premium defenders is viable going forward post international break? Seeing as there are so many good fixture swings, attacking wise and good defenders on hand between four point five and four point seven ish, Leicester and Chelsea look good for stats defensively. Premium defenders. Iceman, how many have you got at the moment? If you're calling Zinchenko a premium at 5.5, then I've still got four. And I do think that it's kind of, you've got to keep in mind that at some point you're probably going to want those Liverpool defenders back as well. So maybe keeping the premium in there for the likes of Pereira or, you know, at those prices might be a good idea because then you can always move back. Uh, And, you know, Pereira's got some good fixtures at the moment, although I would go see on you as I answered the question earlier. But it's entirely up to how you're going to plan out the the next, what, five game weeks, ten game weeks. Like, you you do... A good way is to look at it and think, who are you going to want for the next ten game weeks? That is a good way to do it. Not to say that you're definitely going to keep those players up, but it's good to like have a structured plan on whether or not you're going to want those premium defenders at one point. Yeah, I agree. I think it, it, a lot depends on your your team really and how you're structured. Personally, I'm definitely not moving away from the premium defenders. I still think there is a lot of value there. I think certainly a Liverpool defender, preferably Trent, and a City defender, preferably Otamendi, seem like very very good picks. Uh, I've got Trent and Walker. I do think that Walker is, a, you know, his game time is potentially a bit of a risk at the moment. I've also still got Dean, and I still think that he offers uh, value, you know, just for his attacking output. Yeah, so um, I, I think that, yeah, I'm, I'm rocking three uh, premiums, and I'm not looking to, to switch from that at the moment. I still think they offer quite a lot of value. But then there are good defenders in the in the lower price brackets as well. Uh, so yeah, I think there are options all over the place. But um, yeah, not moving away from premiums this end for sure. Yeah, I'm saying uh, Luca Dean. Uh, still top for attempts on goal for defenders okay we had loads of other questions thank you for everybody that uh, sent us questions once again we, we've run on so we're not going to be able to answer any more but again keep posting the questions and we will get to you eventually it's time for the Iceman to take a tinkle thank you very much for your Right, back and refreshed. So, let's talk about some of the people we are linked with. First of all, let's mention Mikhail Tokfam's algorithm still out in full force. Last week for the Iceman's team, the algorithm suggested either Sterling to Salah, Sterling to Son, or Barnes to Wilson or Abraham. The Iceman went with number three, Barnes to Abraham, and he was not disappointed. (laughs) He was a little bit disappointed. <laughs> there, there weren't any uh, better options available up front or in midfield. 
In defence, the Zinchenko alternative would have been Otamendi, followed by Pereira. Iceman, do you think that's a bit of a sideways move, Zinchenko to Otamendi? Zinchenko's going to lose the position soon. Yeah, I'd see that as a good option, actually. Yeah, it also said, as the defenders' ratings are built, well, depending on the Zinchenko situation, obviously consider to keep two free transfers for the international break, I spent. That's what I'm doing. Um, so if you want to find out more about the transfer algorithm, go to patreon.com forward slash transfer algorithm. Take the thinking out of your FPL and uh, use some statistics to help you make those decisions. We're also partnered with the Fantasy Football Hub. And we've given, been given exclusive sign-up offer as usual, Surgery 10. So go to fantasyfootballhub.co.uk where you can sign up there for 10% off. Yeah, thank you, Will. Yeah, thank you, guys. And thank you to all the listeners who have already signed up already. Who, who better to plug this than yourself, Will? Just, just you want to give anybody who hasn't used Fantasy Football Hub, do you want to give a quick overview of it? Yeah, sure. So we, um, well, we've got a load of contributors and I'm thank you to all of our contributors who put stuff on the hub. You know, we've got people like um, Ben Krellen, who, uh, who's got his amazing planner sheet. And if you're a hub member, you get that completely free. We've got uh, some of the best players in the world, like Matthew Jones, who reveal their team each week. And then we've got loads and loads of articles that come out each week. But we've also got loads of other tools that we've developed on site. We've got a excellent developer here who's, who's working tirelessly to produce the good tools we've got opta stats tool we've got a brand new player comparison tool which i'm absolutely loving at the moment we've also got lots of guides like how to win a fpl video series and um watch list tools rate my team tools we've got advanced fixture tickers uh also got whatsapp groups if you're interested in that and uh lots of other stuff on site so yeah please uh, go check it out and if you've got any questions uh Hit me up on Twitter, and I'm more than happy to answer them. Yeah, not not much then. <laughs> not much available. So get over there, sign up, take advantage of our friendship with the hub, and use the discount. We are also partnered with FPL Doodles, so at FPL Doodles on Twitter, some fantastic stuff capturing the uh, the main points from the game week. Some great headline ones last week, Iceman. Yeah, yeah, he's going to produce them this week as well. Looking forward to what he's. Doing. Can't believe I quickly churns them out as well. I know, so, yeah. I, I only gave them to him last night. I guarantee they'll be ready by the time tomorrow comes out. I love those, by the way. They're, they're fantastic. He just captures the uh, the essence, doesn't he? So well, yeah. brilliant. So, Iceman, I think you were trying to segue us into transfers and captains, so I'm going to step back to move forward. What are you going to do this week? So, yeah, I'm going to hold, so I've got two free transfers for the international break. I could make a couple of moves, like moving out Zinchenko, but I feel like it's not desperate. I'd rather have those two transfers. I think they're quite valuable and they are worth a lot over those two weeks, especially with the amount of potential injuries that could happen so that's what i'm doing for chances and captains at the moment i think i'm just going to keep it on a bamiang i say keep it on a bamiang i'm going to put it on a bamiang uh, and just hope that he hauls at home against bournemouth he's you know, consistently returning i can't see him not scoring if i change my mind it will probably go on sterling who got a rest tonight so i can see him starting at the weekend yeah i think a is a great shot for captain uh, in terms of my team, I, I have got two free transfers, and despite having you know such a rotten start to the season, I don't actually know what to do with them. I think that I'm probably going to do a really boring move of uh, Walker to Otamendi and uh, bank the two free transfers for next week. Things could change, obviously, if De Bruyne is ruled out for longer. Um, 
which I'll have to assess nearer the time and look at the press conferences on Friday. But otherwise, for captaincy, I'm definitely going to go with Sterling, you know, rested tonight and a nice home fixture against Wolves team, which looks um, very different to the Wolves of last season. So I'm hoping for a big haul there. A lot of people are looking at um, Salah. Have you not looked at him at all? Uh, I think he's a decent shout, but Leicester are very, good very stance. good defensively. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I, he's not someone that I've considered, to be honest. I think Sterling's definitely the better shout out, out of the two. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, uh, in terms of my choices this week, I was going to... Well, I've, I've actually made my defensive transfer, so Tamori is now in for me. Um, I just think he's he's great option at the moment, and I, I fancy Chelsea just starts to gel. Captains-wise, I have a dilemma because I was just going to go with Sergio again and be really boring, uh, but now he started tonight. I don't want to fall victim of a subs appearance, although I do trust him when he comes on. So I am looking at either Salah, maybe Sterling, or Kun. I'm, I'm split on those three. Do I have to say Iceman? <laughs> you don't have to say if you don't want to. Okay, in that case, I'll go Campwell. Right, let's go on to... <laughs> who, who did you take out for um, tomorrow? Tyrone Mings, because oh. I looked at Villa's fixtures and there, I, I looked at who they played already and hadn't kept clean sheets against... I'm kind of backing Norwich against them. So I looked at Tamori's fixtures over the next few game weeks versus Mings and I felt he had higher scoring potential. Yeah, fair enough. Did I do wrong, Iceman? No. Okay, um, let's go through the surgery Patreon League. We have the winner to announce from September. We have a tie. So we've got uh, Silas Bartlett and Frederick Tanum. Congratulations, both of you. Please send over your address so we can send you your prizes. They finish currently with uh, 196 points each. And uh, third place was bored with uh, 192, so very close. The uh, the general FBL surgery public league code CCCJK2 to join. Uh, I'm going to go through the top 10. So we've got Paul Marshman in 10th, Tom Koenig in 9th, Bilal Faridi in 8th, Halstein Yustebo in 7th, Ed Salinga in 6th, Reese Moffat in 5th, Kevin Allen 4th, Tony Horn 3rd, Oyvind Boons in 2nd, and 1st is Ian Ross. Well done, Ian. 485 points so far, very impressive performance. Very solid. Yes, and once again, if I've uh, butchered any of your names, please tweet us and give me shit for it. <laughs> Um, okay, so it's come to that time where we ask our guests for their top three picks of the week and the top three differentials. So, Will, give me your top three players for this game week. So, I think the top three players, I'm, I'm going to go for a forward line, actually, of Aubameyang, Aguero and Pugge. They're both, they've all got th- uh, brilliant fixtures. Uh, they're all in form. Uh, I know Pugge hasn't, he's had a couple of blanks, but, you know, at Villa at home, he, he's got to be a, a great shout for this week. And Aubameyang, he's in brilliant form and with Bournemouth. And yeah, I know Aguero got got the minutes tonight, but I still think that he will start at home to Wolves at the weekend. So those are my three top players to own. In terms of differentials, I would go for uh, Wood. I think that he's he's a good shout, actually. You know, Burnley, uh, they've, they've got a, a decent fixture at home to Everton. And uh, he, you know, he seems to, he, he is on penalties, the ones he wins at least. I know that Barnes takes most of the other ones, but he could he could be a good shout there. The other one I want to go for is Delefeu. Uh, he, he was a 
came into my team at the start of the season and he quickly went out. But um, I, I kind of back Watford to do something against uh, Sheffield United. You know, I think that they should put a performance in for their new manager and get off to get some points. So I, I'm backing him. The other one is um, Mares. Uh, I think that he could be a, a brilliant shout this weekend. You know, possibly uh, one of you know if I had him, I might even consider captaining him because I think he is uh, one of the, the best players in terms of uh, potential points this weekend. What about you guys? And Delafayu De most shots without a goal uh, so far this season. Yeah, which you could take a couple of different ways, couldn't you? But yeah. I like to think that that shows that he has good potential to score and yeah. it's just been unfortunate. <laughs> He's due, is what we say. On the He's block. due, yeah. exactly. Definitely due, it's coming. It's definitely coming. Um, feedback box. So we've got Mark M. Bison. Just listening to the show now in the office, it really is cracking high-level stuff. The point about KDB's home form is going to be devastatingly useful in the coming game weeks. As long as he's fit. Yes, as long as he's fit. Yeah, we get to find that out. He didn't play tonight, so be interesting to see what happens. Even if he isn't fit for this next game week, I think I'm going to just hang on to him, you know. Yeah, I think he's even if he plays 20 minutes, he'll, he'll do something, won't he, realistically? Yeah, yeah I agree with the, the international break coming on. Um, hopefully he'll be back for the following week and you most people have a bit of value tied up in him so you probably don't want to lose that that should never stop you from moving out a player but it does doesn't it well you know if, you, if it's someone like kdb you probably want to be bringing back in then i think yeah. it's uh, probably justified okay so we've got no sexy thoughts this week ice man um we can confirm that next week's guest is sean tobin yes he finished 16th last year sean's a great guy and a, yeah one of the the very best fpl players so i'll look forward to that one yeah looking forward to that one next week big act for, to follow you this week though will i feel so two high quality guests well every week's a high quality guest but yeah looking forward to that other questions so helmo has come up with a very important mini debate for us before we finish the pod welcome to helmo steakhouse what's your preferred cut of steak how would you like it cooked? Uh, for the record, I'm a ribeye steak, cooked medium rare. I thank you. So, Will, big question there. Steak-wise, what are you ordering? That's a, that's a great question. Um, I, I'm not a massive steak eater, but I, I do quite like a, a tenderloin medium rare. What about you guys? I'm exactly in the same boat as Helmo there. I'm a ribeye steak, cooked medium rare, and uh, I thank you too. This is difficult. Do you know what? I did a steak challenge a few years ago at a local pub. I did. And um, I spent so long trying to eat it and then was a little bit sick afterwards that I actually really went off steak after <laughs> loving it for years. So, We've never discussed this. Why have you not told no, me? Well, I'm, I'm too busy trying to work out what the right schedule is. Um, <laughs> and turn up on time for the pub, yeah? Exactly, yeah. It's a nightmare. <laughs> so trying to do that. Um, at, at the moment, I, I'm a fan of, again, I haven't had one for ruddy ages. I'm going to say I can't beat a piece of fillet, and it's going to be medium rare. Yeah, most of them medium rare is the way it should be. It's the way it should be. Yeah, so there you go, Helmo. I think it's a yeah, fairly fairly straightforward trip to the steakhouse there. Which brings us to the end of another FPL Surgery podcast. No new Patreons to mention this week, but if you would like to support the pod, go to patreon.com forward slash FPL surgery um as usual we want to uh, thank rom frost who continues to support us at the highest level of patreon every week and all of our loyal patreon followers who get involved in our slack channel uh, the competitions we run on there our mini league and opportunities to win other prizes so if you'd like to support the podcast anyway 
give us a shout on there and support the uh, support the podcast. A few other ways to get in contact with us, as per usual. So we said join the mini league on CCCJK2. Check us out, fplsurgery.com. We're on SoundCloud, Facebook, Reddit, Twitter at fplsurgery. We're also on iTunes, and if you're on there, uh, if you can give us a rating and any feedback, that would be great. It helps make us more visible to other people who would like to hear our glorious content. Or you can email us at info at fplsurgery.com. I want to thank Will Thomas for joining us this week. Absolute pleasure, gents. Uh, yeah, really good to be on and thoroughly enjoying your podcast um, this series. So, yeah, uh, it's an honour to be on the pod and uh, look forward to listening throughout the season. It's an honour to have you on and thank you for it. It's, it's always good when a manager like yourself with such a good record enjoys Definitely. it. We do enjoy it when we get good feedback from likes of this. So, thank you. Yeah, lot, lots learned there. Thank you for your time, Will. So as we head into game week eight, that time again when I ask the Iceman to bless our listeners with a few words of wisdom. There's never any wisdom from me. There really isn't. And on that note, good luck in your game weeks. Up the pod. Up the pod. Up the pod. Oh, I've got to play um, Mad <laughs> Alexa's Afterthoughts. I forgot about that. I've got to have that ready. Um, where is it? Where is it? There we go. Alexa, tell me your thoughts, oh wise one. I'm liking the respect, Dyson boy. It's been a funny old game week. Captain Pegs were a shambles. I may pick Hugo Lloris as captain next week. Did you see Dem Ball skills? Man's got the moves, son. In other news, KDB keeps making you wish you'd captained him. On purpose. Liverpool keep on doing the business and Watford keep on bending over. Anyway, that's all from me. Tune in soon to hear my captain hot pick for next week. Alexa, what's your captain hot pick? I said tune in soon you over eager panty wearing oxygen thief. You're so irritating that I'm actually jealous of people who don't know you. Sodded. Sterling is my captain hot pick for next week. Satisfied. Knuckle dragger. Right, you're going in the bin. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, classic. Billy? (laughs) Billy? My microphone was off. Sorry. <laughs> okay. So, um, how many how many premium defenders is viable going forward post international, international break? break. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. So, so football's. <laughs> <laughs> right. Try again. Okay. Next question. Football's. So yeah, Sorry. <laughs> How many premium defenders is viable going forward post-international break? 